Everybody, welcome to Chop the Guillotine League podcast. I am Paul Charchi, and normally Brian Johnson with me, but he's honestly, he's busy. We're in the grinder right now. This is key Guillotine League forming time, and I've given the afternoon off to Brian Johnson, uh, but he'll be back next week. And speaking of which, uh, all the drafts that are happening right now, boy, I, I, gotta, I just got to say, last Tuesday, the busiest day in the history of our company, so grateful for everybody that has decided to run their guillotine league at guillotineleagues.com. If that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Small company trying to do all the right things for fantasy guillotine players, um, and it, it means a lot. There's, uh, there's a lot coming up on this edition of CHOP. We're going to talk about what... You need to know to set your week one lineup. For most of you, there are still drafts happening. Totally get that, depending on when you're listening to this edition of the Chop Podcast. Um, but for most of you, your drafts in the rearview mirror, and you're starting to think about your, your starting lineup. And one mistake here can be the difference between being chopped in week one, the most ignominious possible outcome for your guillotine league, as opposed to, hopefully, staying alive and continuing to battle. So we'll be talking about that in just a minute. Uh, just a quick reminder, next week we get into our Every Tuesday Cadence with the CHOP podcast. And for those, it's we're, we're really geared for the waiver wire. And we give you waiver wire advice. As you already know, the waiver wire is the magic of the guillotine league. And so our advice is broken down every Tuesday of the CHOP podcast during the regular season. First, it's it's a lot of broad advice for everybody who survived the week. How to think about your cap, when do you need to spend big, How do you when do you save your, your cap from fab. Um, we talk, give really broad advice. Then we also give specific advice on the most commonly chopped players. So somebody, some big name player, let's say, if this is before Thursday's game when I'm taping this, Let's say Jalen Ramsey is able to contain Stefan Diggs, puts him on a, you know, on a down game, and Stefan Diggs is a commonly chopped player. We'll look deep in, with, into Stefan Diggs and give you exact dollar bidding advice on Stefan Diggs. As one example, we do that for the, all the most commonly chopped players every week during the Chop Podcast. I'll note that you can still join a guillotine league. Depending on when you're listening to this, we are still creating full 18-team leagues being formed all the way up through Sunday morning before kickoff. And if you draft after Thursday's games, um, those outcomes count. So if Stefan Diggs does have the bad game, um, just know that when you draft him. Uh, you may even be, you can put him on the bench if you want to, but you'll get whatever points Stefan Diggs got in that scenario. So full 18-team league still being formed all the way up to Sunday morning. Then there's the private leagues that support anywhere from eight to 18 teams. We still have the public contest. You can join $30, $50, and the new brand new zombie mode. And as a reminder, we also continue creating new guillotine leagues all the way through into the season up to about the halfway point of the season into early November. So you'll have a lot of opportunities to join other guillotine leagues. I think what you're going to find is even the threat of being chopped makes you feel like you want to have a backup guillotine league going. And if you do get chopped, you're going to miss it and you're going to want a league, second league, maybe a third league. So uh, we see a lot of people where that happens. They get chopped week two, something something went wrong, and they're like, oh, man, I don't want to go a whole year without this. They end up joining. So we'll be forming new guillotine leagues 
through roughly the halfway point of the season. All right, let's get into the meat of this podcast, which is setting your week one lineup. You have a 94% chance of survival, just on pure odds, which is great. But somebody's getting cut in week one. Let's make sure it's not you. Dear Chop Podcast listener, you do not want the week one chop. First, I want to say this. Don't panic when you look at your roster. 18 teams, you know, that draft was long. You're taking garbage players at the end. You know, you've got holes in your starting lineup. So does everybody else, I assure you. You know, when you look at your roster right now, it's going to feel a lot wobblier than what you're used to. But in all probability, you're going to be okay. Um, and just don't panic about those that one or maybe even two pretty big holes in your starting lineup. Now, for those spots, for the spots that you're not entirely sure what to do, maybe it's your second flex spot, whatever, we're looking for players that are not going to give you the dud game. We want guys who can avoid the two-point game, the four-point game, the six-point game that could get you cut in week one. And here's the kind of guys who are dangerous to keep in your lineup. First, rookies who are not assured meaningful roles in week one. Let's begin with Brees Hall with the Jets. Unable to wrest the starting job from Michael Carter all preseason. We don't know what his usage may look like in week one. It could be pretty minor. Michael Carter could be the starter. He's the presumed starter. He's sitting on top of the depth chart. Does Brees Hall get six touches, eight touches, ten touches? You know, we don't know. Danger there. Rashad White in Tampa Bay, sticking with the running backs. We believe Leonard Fournette's going to get most of the work. Rashad White probably not getting a lot early on. Tyler Algier is part of what may be a three-man rotation in Atlanta with Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, very dangerous start in week one. Isaiah Pacheco looked like the best of the backup runners for most of the training camp and preseason behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City. But how that role actually comes together in week one is extremely dicey. They may go with the veteran Ronald Jones for more looks. That's something that you'll, you'll want to, to be show a lot of caution on. And even James Cook, who looked really good in Buffalo's backfield in the preseason, that looks like a three-man rotation. Don't know how that's going to work out. All of those guys, even Brees Hall, carry a fair amount of danger for your week one lineup. Let's go to the wide receivers. Some guys you may be tempted to start, but these are all players who are not assured meaningful roles in week one. Traylon Burks in Tennessee because of the injury. Got injured on August 12th. We've seen very little of him. Because of that injury, even though we believe he'll start and probably get some reps here, we don't know how much work he may end up getting. Jahan Dotson. He's uh, probably going to be a starter, but this is a Washington offense that looks very, very inconsistent, and we don't know how quickly he'll come out of the gate. Chris Olave could be forced into a bigger role if it turns out that Michael Thomas can't go. But right now, especially early on, it feels like, and given his skill set, you know, speed guy, run straight, run fast. You know, if he doesn't get that Jameis Winston connection, you worry about Chris Olave. Romeo Dubs in Green Bay could be pushed into a bigger role if it turns out Alan Lazard can't play or not. 
It, who knows? I mean, even if Lazard's out, it just could be a lot of other players. We don't know that Dub's going to get a big role right away. I'm very optimistic about Sky Moore in Kansas City, but even I think you need to show a little bit of caution week one. They still have got a lot of other receivers that they can go to, and it's not clear that, that he would get a lot of work right off the bat. Jalen Tobert in Dallas, again, could be a starter thanks to injury in week one, but unclear what his role might be and how many balls could come his way as well. Um, and Garrett Wilson is another player that I'm showing some caution on with the Jets. Don't know about the Jets. You know, the quarterback situation is not ideal in all probability, and it's unclear what his role might be early on as well. So those are all the rookies that I, I would show caution on that you may not want to start in week one. Then there's a whole other set of guys with unclear injury situations that you'll want to stay very much on top of before you start. Alan Lazard, J.K. Dobbins, Michael Gallup, Kadarius Toney, Rondell Moore, Russell Gage, Van Jefferson on Thursday, Isaiah Spiller, all guys who are coming into the season hurt. And, you know, the last thing you want is somebody who is a either a last-minute deactivation or somebody who just doesn't get the ball much because of the injury or has a relapse on the injury in-game. So show a lot of caution with those guys and make sure you're up to speed on them if you do decide to put them in your lineup. Now, it wouldn't be fair to give you all of this advice on guys not to start if I don't turn it around and talk about the guys that I think you could start that you might not be thinking about starting. These are bench players and maybe even free agents who are steady if unheralded performers. These are guys that are likely to get you in that 6 to 10 fantasy point range, and that's all we're looking for for these kinds of guys. We're just looking for the guys that aren't going to provide the dud for you but you might have on the bench in week one. We begin with Minnesota wide receiver K.J. Osborne. Had seven touchdowns last year. After not having a single catch in his rookie year, as a sophomore, K.J. Osborne blew up and posted the best third receiver season in Minnesota Vikings history, 700 yards, seven touchdowns. He finished last year with nine or more fantasy points in five of the last six games, and now he runs into a runs into a much better spot with a Vikings offense that will perform better under Kevin O'Connell. And all, all but certainly will perform better uh, in almost all regards, but especially with the passing game. And, of course, K.J. Osborne running out of the slot. You saw what Kevin O'Connell helped do with Cooper Cup running from the slot last year. The next player that you should probably look at getting off of your bench and into your starting lineup Washington running back J.D. McKissick, who posted seven or more fantasy points in six of nine games after the opener last year. Brian Robinson, tragically not available for this game. And McKissick's going to maintain that pass-catching role. And, you know, for running backs, that pass-catching ability helps set a, a, a pretty good floor. If you feel pretty good about your guy getting four catches and 40 yards, that's eight points right there pretty good for a running back and if JD McKissick gets three four more carries on top of that you know there's your 10 point fantasy game Tyler Boyd may be sitting on your bench he had seven or more fantasy points in eight of the last 10 games of last year totally overshadowed by T Higgins and Jamar Chase in Cincinnati of course and rightfully so but Tyler Boyd's just a steady performer and Cincinnati really hasn't had a meaningful tight end in years 
So that third receiving option usually goes to Tyler Boyd in most games. And again, seven or more fantasy points in eight of the last 10 games of last year. Here's another guy you may have drafted but aren't necessarily thinking about starting, and you should, Jacksonville wide receiver Marvin Jones. He had a shocking 120 targets last year, including six or more targets in 13 different games last season for Marvin Jones. Now, his targets from Trevor Lawrence were not very effective, but if you think the Jaguars get a bit better on offense this year and that Trevor Lawrence gets a bit better, Marvin Jones' efficiency on those 120 targets should go way up. Statistically, the 120 targets didn't turn into a ton last year. But if you think this offense gets better and you think Jones stays around the same 120 targets, the efficiency should go up and Marvin Jones could be somebody you could start. And the last guy I want to talk about, one of my favorites, if you've heard Fantasy Football Weekly, you've heard me talk about Davis Mills before, Houston quarterback. Boy, I don't think there's any player that's more overlooked as a weekly starter than Davis Mills. So you may remember last year, he got some time after Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Then they, they put him in and he started a bunch of games, did okay. Then uh, they put Taylor back in and then Taylor was bad. Then they put Mills back in and they finished the season with Mills. The final six starts of Davis Mills' rookie season on a completely broken Houston team that looks far better this year. Get this. Again, final six starts for Davis Mills last year. Touchdowns in every game. Multiple touchdowns in five of those six games. Over 250 passing yards in four of those six games and over 300 passing yards in three of the six final games for Davis Mills. Rolls into this season, almost certainly is a better quarterback in his sophomore year, Nico Collins. His number two receiving option, almost certainly better in his second year. And then a more balanced offensive attack with an actual running game with Damian Pierce. Davis Mills, interesting game against Indy as well, by the way. That Indy secondary completely reshuffled and uh, and will be starting uh, three new starters for week one. The Davis Mills matchup's pretty compelling and somebody that may be on your bench that you should get off the bench and into your lineup. Thank you again for listening to Chop the Guillotine League podcast. I'll be back with Brian next Tuesday for all kinds of waiver wire advice to get you ready for the best waiver wire possible in week number one. And I'll also mention, again, we are still joining, and you can still join, a new Guillotine League between now and the start of the season on Sunday. Full 18-team league still being formed at guillotineleagues.com. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. Talk to you in one week.